Hello, my name is Dominique Drew, and this is The Art of Attraction, the premier podcast to elevate your relationships, your life, and yourself. I'm your host, Dominique Drew, an intuitive, a spiritual guide, and a seasoned expert in men's relationship coaching. I've used the methods in this podcast to completely transform my own life and relationships, and now, high performers in every industry hire me to help them do the same. Here, you will learn how to solve the issues in your inner world which keep you from real fulfillment, deep intimacy, freedom, and authenticity. Welcome to the next stage of your evolution. And we are live with The Art of Attraction with Dominique Drew. Thank you so much for joining me. I have a killer show for you today. I have no idea what it's going to be, but it's going to be awesome because that is what you have come to expect of this very flexible and often quite, boy, lots of words to describe this type of space, deep and maybe a little confusing and, <laughs> and always hopefully enlightening and informative at the end. Thank you so much for joining me. If you are a regular listener, I'm your host. My name is Dominique Drew. This is a space where, you know, we go through everything from men's dating, which is the topic of the show has been for a long time, down to a, a psycho-spiritual and a soul level if it comes that way. Because really there's no, there's no distinction between those levels. Everything is flexible, everything is interactive, and every aspect of you uh, is interdependent, interwoven, and with every other aspect of you. So today, I'm actually going to dive back a little bit to the men's dating world. I have an incredible dating consultant with me. This is Scott McKay. He's a dating and relationship consultant, and he's also head of X and Y Communications. And I think he's got a phenomenal perspective that you all are going to love. So Scott, thank you so much for coming on the show with me. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure. I'm pleased that we can regress back to something that resembles caveman days. <laughs> oh, is that, in is your that show. what we're doing? <laughs> <laughs> we're going to dive backwards in time. Uh, another thing, you know, you mentioned you have a killer show. Just in case there are any law enforcement officers present, I am not a killer on your show. This is a killer show. Although... Very different. All right, well, not even anything... Although I did step on a cockroach I this was going to say, bugs? Do bugs count? Like... I can kill a beer or two on the weekends. But <laughs> on the show? Not anything that's, you know, living and breathing and mammalian. <laughs> if you prefer. <laughs> I prefer not to drink and podcast because I'm already weird enough. Oh, that's fair. I don't know. Is anybody weird enough? You know, what came to me is recently, I had this, this sort of realization about life. I was like, you know, life is really just about learning. It's like this learning curve of how to wear your weird well. Like, how comfortable yeah. can you be with your particular version of weird? <laughs> People say, Scott, why do you live in San Antonio? I mean, Austin's where it's at. I said, well, it was too weird for them. They kicked me out. <laughs> now, that would be an impressive... I'd put that on my, on my resume if that happened to me. <laughs> Just so you know. Here's our standards of expectations. <laughs> I'll bear that in mind. <laughs> Considering I may need a day job any day now, I'll keep that in mind in case I have to go hunting. So tell us a little bit about, let's just start with kind of like where you work. Because you and I actually were in very similar fields. Of course, I'm sort of moving out of the, the mm -hmm. dating niche specifically, and you're still rocking it. But my understanding is really that we're kind of like, you know, also in the same way that I was, you're healing the, or helping people through the issues that are salt, that are causing the dating issues as opposed to like dating techniques, et cetera. Well, I'll tell you what, I, my passion is dating and relationships because I bounced back from just a huge, huge pet. And, you know, they say when you get down to rock bottom, 
the only thing to do is bounce upward. And I enjoyed such wonderful success. I became so passionate about it. Because if I can if I can get success where there was very little before, almost any man can, I'm sure. And I'm really just blatantly passionate about it. I do have to issue a little bit of a caveat that we talk to couples now. We do coach women also. But the majority of guys are very high character men who aren't basket case guys. I get a lot of military officers. I get a lot of guys who are captains of industries, really sharp guys, but they just don't have the right woman in their life to share it with. They have perhaps a woman or the wrong woman, or they've been taken for a ride, or they're coming out of a divorce or something, you know, even traumatic. But those guys come to me and they aren't getting what they need from books and YouTube videos. I mean, as great as this podcast is, and you're going to be on my podcast too, which is a good show. A lot of these guys kind of come to me as sort of the dating diagnostician, like I have to put my Dr. House hat on, (laughs) although my personality is much nicer, (laughs) and help them kind of solve a puzzle. They just don't know why this isn't happening for them personally. And I love, I love really going deep and trying to figure out what it is and getting these breakthroughs for these guys. And I think that's what separates us from the pack. I just, I've never been like a pickup artist. I've never been into the sleazy, you know, not your bedpost thing. We are very respectful of women. And I guess that means we're also very respectful of men and humanity in general. And weirdly, that's been different. And our tagline has always been deserve what you want instead of like get what you want. I love that. I'm like a huge huge fan of that tagline. Well, yo, yeah, me too. And it was like virtually unused. I was afraid it was going to be trite and overused. It had only been used once on the internet ever. But I think a lot of times guys just, they're horny, but they don't really like women. And so women, instead of becoming human sentient beings who they might be able to build a relationship with, become an obstacle in their way to getting what they want. Yes. And that's just always been such a very popular way of looking at men's dating advice. It's such a wrong-headed, bass-ackwards one. Because like, okay, I'm horny. How do I get this thing to have sex with me? Yes. How do I conquer it? How do I beat it? You know, like the old seduce and conquer meme from the Tom Cruise movie, Magnolia. And we've always just been the opposite. I met my wife two months after becoming a dating coach. And we've had a wonderful, happy, healthy, what you see is what you get kind of relationship since. And she's just adorable. And that's what I'm helping guys do. And not to be little puppets who are versions of me, but Help them find what they're looking for. Help them reach their goals in their way into their specifications. And it's incredibly rewarding. Yeah, you know, that's actually really common. It's so interesting that you say that because really being uncomfortable with one gender or another is much more common than people think. People hate women. Mm. And that's not like, <laughs> and that's just like, that's... Usually more women and you, than and men. often, I've seen no difference. Yeah, sometimes women, sometimes they're way more comfortable with men than women. Some men are super uncomfortable with men. And I think that's why female dating mm. coaches work too. And why some people give me shit on like my Facebook, people are trolling my Facebook ads. And they'd be like, you know, why would you take dating advice from a woman? I mean, there's exactly as much reason as to take it from a man. It do- doesn't matter, but one's going to be your style and one isn't. And I think that's great. Right? Like, I get a lot of heat from the MGTOW guys, the men going their own way. Oh my gosh. They think I'm naive and stupid. And and what I always tell them is, and these are men, in case you don't know what a man going their own way is, they're guys basically who are the male version of angry radical feminists. (laughs) They just have decided it's it's the other gender's fault and I can't stand them. Of course, you tell them that and they squeal. It's just pure victimhood. Yeah. And um, they need me to fail. 
They need me not to have a cute, adorable wife who adores me back and we have a happy relationship. And whenever they kind of troll me going, don't you know she's going to leave you? Don't you know that? I mean, one guy was like, the Motley Crue drummer is going to come take your wife. And my wife, I showed it to my wife. She's burst out (laughs) laughing. He's like, well, first of all, I don't like tattoos or venereal diseases. (laughs) But it's like, I don't feed the trolls anymore because they're just looking to get angry. And what I would say though is, what if you succeeded at converting me to your point of view. What do I gain by being bitter and angry and cutting women out of my life? I'm happy. She treats me right. Guess what? It's been 16 years. This is not a fad. She's going to stick around. We're good. We have kids. You're only happy because you don't know any better. There's there's nothing you can do. Exactly. I must be blissfully stupid. And I tell these guys, excuse me, my favorite one is you're a little wet behind the ears. You must be very young. I go, well, I feel great at 55, but... (laughs) You're like, thank you. Here's the bad news for you. I've already had my life ruined once by a crazy woman, and I'm still not a victim, and I still actually like women. So what's your excuse? You know, it goes on and on. That's what I'm talking about. But see right there. See, the shit was done to me, and I still decided not to go down that path. And I'm not, you know... I'm a better coach for it. Right, though? Right? It happened for me, not to me. Looking back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're on a roll here. Continue. This is my fucking problem with the whole... So let me just ask you, do you consider yourself in the personal development field? Well, of course. How can you not be? So that would be my thought. See, I knew I liked you. So here's the thing. (laughs) Well, I'm cute. What can you say? (laughs) This is is what I see so often in the field, right? Is these truths, right? Everybody's so savvy now. We were all like (laughs) coding at, I don't know, five years old. I don't know how kids work, but I'm pretty sure Mm -hmm. that's what's happening these days. Mm Mm-hmm everybody's like too cool by the time they're like seven. It's funny that we even talk about naivete because like the, just the gentle like wonder of life just seems to be like, has just been so shunned, right? Like you're not, I don't know, cool or whatever. And with this savviness, all of like the wisdom that is taught in the personal development world, which is a significant amount, has now been like boiled down to like sound bites. So like what you're just talking about, about going through something hard and instead of deciding to be a victim of it, you decide to fucking take it and go with it, right? So I, I don't know how you would say that in the little thing. I'm thinking of like little quips, like have an attitude of gratitude. I might have put fucking in different order in that sentence, but whatever. <laughs> so there's like these these quips, right? Attitude of gratitude, right? Everybody just rolls their eyes, right? Literally eye roll right there. And yet... I closed my eyes so not to offend anybody when I did it, but uh, <laughs> And yet if sure. you actually broke that down and you actually decided to have an attitude of gratitude your life would change so freaking fast and like it would go on a completely different trajectory. I have experienced this in my life. I've seen it in clients. And yet it's all been boiled down to these bites that are now all eye rolls. And it's like, what is happening in our industry? Nobody even knows what it means. <laughs> I mean, well, first of all, remember the old John Cougar Mellencamp song about Jack and Diane? I was like a teenager when it came out. Like I was like, you know, it says, hold on to 16 as long as you can. Changes come around real soon, make us women and men. I was actually 16 when the song came out. And to this day, I can't comprehend the chorus. Oh, yeah, life goes on long after the thrill of living is gone. I'm still waiting for that to happen. You know, <laughs> yes. where is this thrill of life that leaves us at age 17? I don't understand it. I'm still happy to be here. I'm still curious. I'm still optimistic. I'm still looking forward to something good happening in this life. So I just want to drop that. But yeah, I mean, you know, like the T. Harv Ecker thing of like, how you do anything is how you do everything. It's like, 
what does that even mean? I'm terrible at basketball. Does that mean I just suck? I mean, I understand what he's trying to say, but it's just it's <laughs> such a platitude. And people love these platitudes. And it's like, yeah, I mean, if I have a habit of mediocrity, I'll be mediocre at other things. But it's just, why don't you tell me what you really mean? Why don't we get real with each other? Why do I have to come up with all these cute ways of saying things just because they make, you know what they do? They make great Instagram posts. About to say they make fucking clickbait. Great little Instagram memes. Memes, yeah, on on Instagram. I tried that. I got 17 of them and I don't think I've touched Instagram since. Oh, really? Then again, I have a great face for radio. So what can I say? (laughs) I'm enjoying it. (laughs) That's what that means, right? (laughs) You're a good audience. What can I say? (laughs) It's just, it's frustrating because I feel as though like the answer's out there. Like what if I, I did a keynote speech once and I just wanted to talk about self-sabotage. I was literally talking to a bunch of women who wanted to start businesses or wanted to become more successful in their business. I was a men's dating Mm -hmm. coach at the time. Doesn't matter. I get up there and I'm like, look, the fact of the matter is I don't need to stand up here and tell you how to be successful, right? The steps to creating a successful business are available online. The steps to enlightenment are available online. It's not a secret. Like how you get there is not a secret. (laughs) It is common knowledge. So your problem is not a lack of knowledge. It's you're sitting here with this universe of knowledge in front of you and you're still not fucking doing anything. (laughs) Okay, that's where my area of expertise comes in. It's like, okay, what is keeping you from stepping up and so I feel like we're all sort of sitting here with the answers, and yet it's, they're still not really rising to it. Yeah, the old uh, ye old dance between motivation and discipline. Yeah, and what's causing a lack of motivation or discipline? Like, what causes you to not have discipline? I did a, I think, a little video on this recently that I just, that I just put out. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. I can't remember if we chatted about You'll this before. You'll probably get them. <laughs> Excellent. That's what I'm signed up for. That's why I pay you the big bucks. Okay, okay. So, right on. <laughs> what? so I keep seeing things like somebody wants to go to the gym and they can't motivate themselves to do it, right? So there's coaches across many, many platforms, psychological, therapeutic, workout, you know, phys ed type of thing, consciousness on like how to motivate yourself. You can't get to the gym? Great. You know, write a goal list or set a thing on your phone or call a friend or all these things, right? And yet, mm-hmm. nobody asks why your motivation is low when you want to go to the gym. Well, motivation is about what you want to do. Discipline is about what you have to do, but don't want to. But you do want to go to the gym because you put it on your to-do list. I don't want to go to the gym. If you want to. Well, I mean, if you want to, then you're motivated. Well, you want the results of going to the gym, right? Right, exactly. But so I then go why? The so, right? So where's the break in like the, the human intention there? I feel like people are treating the symptom and not, and kind of ignoring the fact that there must be something underlying to keep you from what you want. You know what I really can't stand? I just think it's a big lie. The big lie <laughs> has nothing to do with politics, I promise. Is it's not your fault. <laughs> I love it. When I say I love, I mean the opposite. I love yes. it's not your fault marketing. If you weigh 500 pounds, it's not your fault. If you don't, every woman waves you off angrily before you get within 10 feet of her. It's not your fault. I'm like, excuse me, but <laughs> that makes me feel like a victim. I have no personal power. I have no skin in that game. I tell guys when they come and do like discovery calls with me, I say things like, I got great news for you. This is 100% your fault. I've literally done that that post before. That means we can fix it. (laughs) (laughs) That that means you got power over it. We can crush this thing. We can beat it over the head with a shovel until it stops twitching. That's what we can do. (laughs) But I need your help. You know, Some guys can't get out of their own way. Some guys don't know they're in their own way. And listen, I'm not being judgmental. I'm raising my right hand. I had a New Year's, this is a true story. (laughs) 
as Dave Barry, the columnist, would say, I promise I'm not making this up. I had a New Year's resolution back when I realized, before I realized that you don't just decide to be motivated on January 1st, it should be an all-year thing. But nevertheless, back in the day, BITD, I had this New Year's resolution to soften my demeanor. Hmm. I thought I should just soften up. I thought I should be more gentle. I thought I should be more passive. I just thought I was too confident and too assertive. And apparently I succeeded at it because my dating pool dried up. It was well, awful. that's interesting. And women were just like, God, you're like a brother to me. You know? Wow. Now you fast forward 20 years, okay? And I get on some of these masculinity Facebook groups that have tens of thousands of people. And they say things like, women don't value kindness in a relationship. And I'm thinking to myself, good luck with that relationship. You know, because what they're doing is they're conflating kindness with Mr. Nice Guy. Yes. And these are people who should know better. Mr. Nice Guy is a fear. It's a fear-based mindset where you're fearing the loss before perhaps you even have something in your life. And you're walking on eggshells trying to keep it from running away because you don't feel like you're worthy enough. Assertiveness means I have a point and, and we need to bring about change around here or else someone may die or something bad's going to happen. One time these guys were trying to jump their battery at a gas pump. And they were like, you know, see if it makes sparks. I go, excuse me, but there's like, this is a petroleum <laughs> area with like gas fumes. You're not supposed to light cigarettes here, let alone. And they shouted me down, you know, and called me an idiot. You know, you're an idiot. The battle cry of the ignorant is you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you can quote me, though. Make an Instagram I meme. really, I really should. That's actually really solid. <laughs> That's real talk right there. I said, all right, well, y'all mofos, and I didn't say mofos, do what you got to do, but at least do me a solid and give me two steps toward the door, Leonard Skinner style, because I'm going to drive my pickup truck over the other side. Then I'm going to stand there and I'm just going to watch. Yeah. You know, when I'm good distance away before the Breaking Bad scene ensues. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 But I mean, you know, being assertive, has value. And, you know, if you have a woman in your life who's expecting you to man up and you're not being assertive, she's not going to be attractive for very Are you going to do something? Well, I don't know. It'll be all right. Yeah. And I mean, the styles can Bad change idea. a lot within that, right? I mean, obviously, they're like more dominant oh, women. Sure. and like, Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I like the way you described the nice guy. I describe it a little bit differently, but the exact same thing, which is like, you're born with a set of core qualities. Everybody has a di- core qualities, natural gifts, whatever. And then as you have your sort of traumatic events in childhood, you distort them, right? So if you're strong, yeah. then you will become overly strong. If you're shy, you'll become invisible, like that type of thing. So it's like the, the nice guy, the way I've always fair. seen it has been like, you're genuinely kind. Like you have a core quality of kindness. And then when you get scared, it distorts into doormat to protect yourself. I think that's an intuitive point. Give their power away, right? I know people who, men who understand with maturity and wisdom that sometimes what's good and what's the right thing to do is not necessarily going to feel like kindness in the moment. Yeah, I'm not going to let my kid load 10 Pez dispensers and guzzle them for breakfast. You know, it's just... That, that takes me back. You're mean, Dad. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Remember Zots? My kids just discovered Zots. And Pop Rocks, the ones that fizz in your mouth. Oh, I remember Pop Rocks. Yeah. I remember Ring right. Pops, too. You remember Ring Pops? Oh, my daughter loves Ring Pops. Yeah. Really? They're still around? That's awesome. 
Yeah, and candy necklaces too. Oh yeah, I remember that shit too. And then later in life, I think it became candy bikinis. Those weren't so much for oh, the kids. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. There's kids around. We're not going to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> but I am a fan for what it's worth. <laughs> I've never worn one myself, but... You haven't? Again, oh. not me. No. The night is young though, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I'm a couple hours behind you. Here we go. Time zone. <laughs> Come on. Pixar <laughs> never happened. <laughs> It's never happened. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. I assure you. I suppose I'll let us slide. Okay. Anyway, on to the next subject. So tell me, with men, whether it's dating field or not, what do you find that people struggle with most commonly? Whether it's dating, business, personal happiness, where do you think the most common fulcrum is that you find? There's no rite of passage. From childhood to manhood Ooh, in this country. Nice. An ordeal. And yeah, you know, so I didn't hesitate much. Yeah. I've been at this for a while. This isn't my first rodeo. <laughs> Is it? <that? laughs> There's an incredibly solid, powerful, underestimated correlation between knowing who the hell you are and being successful at finding your purpose, knowing where your passions lie, Stitching together that magical three pedestal, oh, I don't know, you'd stitch together a three-legged stool, maybe cobble together, build it, woodwork it, of knowing who you are or being passionate about something, being good at something, and it paying the bills. Mm. Most guys can't find something that fits those three areas. So therefore, if you're not passionate about it, you're going to have to be disciplined to do it instead of motivated. Okay, motivation. I mean, I love doing what I do and I'm passionate about it, so I don't have to really be too disciplined Yeah, I feel to the same. do it. On the other hand, I love to eat, so I have to be disciplined to lose the LBs as I get older. But see, I want it badly enough that I do that. I want the result bad enough. But yeah, guys come to me and and I mean, I can't believe the grown men who act like little children and they don't even realize it. And perhaps it's subtle because they have a macho exterior or they're doing pretty well in business meetings. But I think a great example is when we're little, we're told don't talk to strangers. And I think as adults, there's never like a moment when you're 18 or 21 or whenever where they say, hey, remember that bit about we didn't want you kidnapped by taking candy from strangers? I think you can take care of yourself now. You can talk to people. It's cool. Go ahead and start. Yeah. Right. So what happens is a guy goes and he he goes and sees a woman at the grocery store and he'd like to meet her, but he doesn't because you're not supposed to talk to strangers. I'd be bothering her. Oh, that's interesting. And meanwhile, you go and say hi to her and she turns around and goes, (gasps) and surprise, and he takes it as disgust because he doesn't read the room that well, perhaps. And he goes, I'm sorry. And she walks away and the woman's like, what was that about? Whereas, you know, if we expect people are going to be a little surprised when they're strangers and we've never talked to them before, then we can power through it for a lousy three or four seconds and get somewhere. But that's just kind of an example. I mean, the amount of guys who come to me and I find out three or four sessions in that they haven't really cut the umbilical cord yet or they still live at home or I would love to get this better career, but there's this imposter syndrome that creeps in and there's no darned good reason for it. And... I think what's happened is in our Western society, I mean, there's no reason to put ourselves in harm's way. There's no reason to 
really have to make an effort that's above and beyond our comfort familiarity zone often. I mean, right now as we speak, I don't know what the timeline is on getting this out, but uh, the country of Ukraine is experiencing an attack from the Russians. And everybody's so amazed in the Western world at how these people are resilient and how their president, who literally played the president of Ukraine on TV before he became the president, no shit, <laughs> is really? now out there. Like, this is not acting. This is, <laughs> this is where shit gets real. And he's out there on the front lines and he looks like a superhero. Well, I mean, those kind of times create that kind of resilience and that kind of grit. And I think here in the Western world, we, we live in such a comfortable place. We don't have to slay any dragons. We don't have to fight off the neighboring tribes. Our wife isn't going to get dragged by the hair away from us, never to be seen again. All stuff that we're built for, by the way. Right, yeah. primarily, yeah. yeah, for sure. And what happens is, is little boys are playing Halo on a video game. And, you know, I mean, most little kids I know are too wimpy to even go out and play paintball, let alone defend their country. And I mean, and I don't want to get on a rant about that, but I just think, you know, these are the kind of things that are symptomatic of men not ever having the chance to become men from becoming boys. Incidentally, I have never met a guy who took a tour with the military who didn't come out the other side of man. Sometimes there's a little bit of a deficiency there still, I mean, I understand. But that represents the kind of writer passage I'm talking about, whereas, say, college doesn't, you know? That's the biggest thing when guys come to me is they don't even realize they don't know who the hell they are yet. Like, I'll ask them, for example, Dominic, this is kind of the cherry on the on this Sunday. I'm, I'm giving you a softball here. I'll say, well, what kind of woman are you looking for? And they'll go, I don't care as long as she's sweet and hot. Well, you know, you're going to have to narrow the field a little bit if you want to, the woman who's getting hit up on by 10,000 guys to realize you're the kind of guy she's going to look cute with and fit well with and, and be able to build a real relationship with a lot, of, a lot of compatibility with. And until you figure that out, it's a low probability you're going to find her. Like my wife would say, it's a lot easier to find a needle in a haystack when you have a magnet. And I would say it's a lot easier to find the needle in the haystack when the needle's looking for you as well. That's interesting an idea with the magnet too, because the not only is the needle seeking you, but it has there's a desire there, right? Mm-hmm. It's coming to you. That's interesting. That's an interesting twist. And it's probably not coincidental with that analogy that masculine and feminine are polars, polar opposite. And that's what we're talking about, right? Distortion of femininity sure. versus distortion of masculinity. Sure, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> Sorry, that's how I'm interpreting it in my head. <laughs> because I'm seeing the reasons for all the things that you're talking about, which is stuff that I've worked with for yeah. a long time, and it's exactly what it is. It's like, if you are overly, if you're out of balance, masculine to feminine, if you are overly feminine, you end up in the doormat range, right? Or the overly feminine male. If you're distorted and masculine or overly masculine, you end up in honestly, what a lot of those guys that come back from the ranks or from the trenches tend to have is this like overblown masculinity because there was no room for femininity there, which doesn't, you know, under your point, exactly as you said, there's no ordeal that we go through, men or women. I mean, there's supposed to be a sacred ritual for women to become women from girls. And they're supposed to be led through that by the community of women, Mm -hmm. similar as men. You know, the kids at some point start going out to hunt with the guys and they learn by watching or they get, you know, they teach how to do it. And it's like, I guess one of the downsides of kind of globalization is we're just such a huge community now that 
the whole it takes a village thing. Another quip, which I think has a huge amount of truth, but gets said so often that it doesn't, it's lost its meaning, kind of doesn't really apply anymore. Well, you know, one time someone who was going to be hostile to my point of view on a radio station, I didn't care. I, I can defend what I think because I've thought it through because I know who the hell I am. Mm-hmm. I'm about what I whoop, believe. Whoop, represent. You know, that's what's involved. Identity is character built from a belief system at your core that you don't believe because someone told you to believe it, but because you've thought it out and you honestly truly believe this. Remember, the battle cry of the ignorant is you're an idiot, <laughs> right? So whenever you ask somebody to defend their position and they respond with any kind of ad hominem, well, that loses respect, right? So they said, well, masculinity and femininity, you know, you're some kind of awful person because you believe in those things. I'm like, well, let's clarify what exactly we mean by masculinity and femininity. Like, well, you go first. I said, well, masculinity and femininity simply, no more, no less, are the fundamental building blocks, the catalyst, if you will, of sexual polarity. And they're like, well, I think masculinity and femininity are a social construct that was invented by men to keep women down. I go, well, oh, invented out of what? Invented out of what? Well, you know, so there's a big bang here somewhere. I mean, there was boys acting like boys and girls acting like girls because, you know, I've had two girls and two boys in this house, kids, and they little girls acting like little girls, little boys acting like little boys before they even knew how to talk. There's a masculine opposite to the feminine opposite, and it really doesn't seem man-made to me because, frankly, it's too weird. So tell me what it was constructed from. Well, that's a typical thing a man would say. I said, well, simply, it's this, okay. You have two genders that together create a baby. You put a stick in a hole and make a pregnancy, okay? That's physical. Because, as you so deftly mentioned at the beginning, we're also spiritual, we're also psychological, we have hearts, souls. Shouldn't this divine inspiration of sexuality carry those components also? Well, masculinity is a penetrative, protective, providing measure Mm -hmm. that sets the feminine free to bring those things about that we all care about in this life. Softness, fun, joy, playfulness. Whenever someone's an angry feminist, and they just think, ah, you, all you men suck. I go, I have something very interesting I want to say to you before we go further. And go, what? And I'll go, I actually believe femininity is the higher calling. And they'll go, okay, I'm listening. And I've never had any angry woman ever argue with me about that. When I say, look, men, we're weird. I don't know why we're the way we are. But somehow we love being a hero. We love being taking a bullet. We love protecting, providing, and working, working, working simply so femininity can thrive. But hey, we get to be the beneficiaries of that femininity. <laughs> you know, I love the imagery of the warrior leaving everything on the field and him coming back to the cave, you know, and the female recharging his batteries, just freshening him up with comfort and love. And that is not weak. That's not diminished. That's not second class, okay? That's what it's all about. My quote is, femininity is everything, represents everything we live for on weekends. <laughs> Men do the heavy lifting to make sure that there's a safe space. They hold space for femininity. And by holding space is one of those new agey terms that I'm a little too pragmatic typically to like. 
But I love that one because I just don't really think there's a better way to put it. It's like cordoning off a sandbox for you to play in freely without any concern is holding space. And that's what we do for femininity. So you show me a woman who's got to man up and do the providing and protecting around here. When the man isn't, I'll show you a nagging wife. That's why men get nagged. That's where traction gets lost. Yet, in the 21st century, I realize women can be captains of industry. They can lead. They can make decisions. My daughter has been a nationally competitive BMX racer. <laughs> Sweet. Crashing boys, throwing elbows since she was five years old in the expert class. But she's all girl all the time. Because, see, I don't think confidence, grit, intelligence, or anything like that is neither masculine or feminine. You can be a gritty, strong, confident woman with all this personal power and be sexy as hell because you understand this feminine polarity of comfort and fun and playfulness. It has nothing to do with your mental toughness. I 100% agree with that. One of the women I did when I was younger is now a lieutenant colonel in the military. That's awesome. <laughs> and she was like eight years younger than I. And uh, that is awesome. And I could totally see it. But she was the most adorable, sweet, happy-go-lucky, sexy-as-hell chick. And I can absolutely see her being a lieutenant colonel. Yeah, I think people, and this is so what's happening, and I think we need another hour because I would be fascinated. Maybe I'll have you back for this exact conversation because obviously the roles are changing faster mm -hmm. than like anybody can keep up with them. And some of that's a great idea and some of it's throwing everybody for a loop. But it really is throwing everybody for a loop because these, these roles are ancient, right? We've done this for as long as we've been homo sapiens. There's been these, uh, these roles. And the primal is what matters when it comes to and attraction. Primal is, well, and I mean, to our cellular structure, right? Like, you mm -hmm. know, uh, we've all agreed as ladies that we would prefer that you not club us over the head and drag us back to your cave anymore. <laughs> like, we'd rather you just, you know, try a different way. Yeah. But that doesn't stop every cell in your body from telling you to do that when you see an attractive lady. No, no I listen, hell, hold on. I want to challenge that. Time out. I don't have the need to hurt women. I don't feel a primal urge to club women over the head. There's this yin and yang thing going around here, and I'm not saying you're espousing this or even implicating, but I just think it deserves to be said right now for, for the, by way of clarification. Just because there's good and bad as an opposite or hot and cold as an opposite doesn't mean that every other opposite applies to one of those situations. So just because masculine and feminine are polar opposites doesn't mean one is good and one's bad. No, 100%. Okay, there's toxic femininity and toxic oh, masculinity. Yeah. Massive. And I think what the brain trick, the Jedi mind trick that's been played on men is that, hey, your masculinity is toxic, could do better, but they haven't given men anything to replace it with. Yeah. Meanwhile, what's... Yes, agreed. And it's not always toxic either. Well, I mean, meanwhile, what I would identify as virtuous manhood is being appropriated by women as well. The future is female, let go and let women. Women want to be the providers and protectors. But it's not going to make us hotter for them sexually. This is another whole concept, but there's just no doubt, if you're honest, intellectually honest, that there's pressure on procreation. I had a guy on my show who we listed 14 different ways in reality that that's going on and, and has been going on for some longer than others. But heterosexual attraction is such a universal juggernaut. Everybody's going to keep screwing and making babies, whether we like it or not. But those people we can talk out of it, great. I mean, for the purpose of not overloading the, the earth, but I'm not going to be Any one of them because I is. like women. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So 
this idea that you can have certain traits that aren't male or female, of which we've mentioned several good ones already. But there's also traits that are that are the perversions of those virtues. You know, if you believe in any kind of order of the universe, it starts with the virtue. It can't be a vice created out of a vacuum or the world would explode. The virtue has to be the natural entropy driven perversion of that virtue. So an example of, say, toxic femininity would be the overly jealous woman who claims that the man was looking at that chick and would rather have sex with her. And, and when the guy's trying to do right by her, it's never enough, or you got to go out and do more, or I have more shoes to buy. That's the feminine nature gone wrong. Passive aggression. It's on there too. Yeah. Like, in other words, I have a strong physical ability. I have a strong desire to flex my power. So I'm going to do that to hurt people and beat the crap out of my wife thinking I'm a real man, rather than making those I care about feel safe and comfortable and making decisions that benefit them. That's the vice of the virtue. And it doesn't mean every man's like this. And again, it goes kind of back full circle, doesn't it? It goes back to the angry people who want to draw everybody into their angry orbit. And of course, you know this, Dominique. The angry people grab the mic and are loud. Everybody's happy has got something better to do, <laughs> you know? So it's easy to think in the world of social media, bits and bites and headlines and sound bites that you so intelligently alluded to because it's right on the money. All we see is a bunch of negative crap. And so we're thinking, oh, everybody's like this. And then people find their little echo chamber. They think the world revolves around them. They think they represent everybody. And next thing you know, my candidate should have won 100 million to nothing. <laughs> That's not mature or evolved. Yeah. And it's not open-minded. Yeah, it's true. I, I can't believe the things I've learned that I used to think were not the case since I grew up and stopped trying to jealously guard my Dunning-Kruger-induced views on things. And it doesn't make me weaker. It makes me stronger and earns more respect. A hundred percent. And it's more attractive simply because you're in yourself. You're more present in yourself because of the, as you so intelligently alluded to, know yourself, which mm -hmm. is the... Yeah. foundation of everything. That's where I focused. And you're exactly right with the, I was skipping some steps with the cellular structure. What I was alluding to just briefly was the fact that evolutionarily we're the same creatures as we have been <laughs> for the last yeah, several hundred thousand amazing. years. And our world is totally yeah. different. So that you guys have these, everybody kind of has these urges that are, are simply physical, are simply nature. And Obviously, they mm -hmm. can be covered up from the very beginning or they could come up later or it's like, I just have a lot of sympathy for people because we're living such a different life than in a way we're built for, quote unquote, on the physical level. And that's a little bit of a mind fuck, you know? Here's a cute little soundbite for you. I don't know if it'll be meaningful or, you know, you can file it away with, you know, T. Harf Ecker or something. The more I understand what makes her a woman, the less I blame her for not being a man. Mm. And if that sounds a little too airy-fairy, I think a lot of times we, as much as our genetic structure is more like each other's than, say, a chimpanzee's, you know, if we're male and female, there is differences. There are differences between male and female. And if we fail to, well, hold space for that and honor that, what happens is we'll start holding a grudge instead of holding space. Like, why can't this chick do what I want to do or be more like me? Why is she so stupid that she listens to Taylor Swift instead of ACDC? What the hell's wrong with her? And, you know, the woman's version would be like, why do you just get transfixed by a chick in a bikini? Why do men watch porn? 
What's wrong with you? Well, our brains are wired differently. Now, of course, you know, you can argue all you want about self-discipline and morality and ethics and who's getting trafficked and who isn't. But I'm giving a very basic example of a common situation where the woman would just crucify a guy for being like literally every other guy. Yeah. I mean, I understand there's a one... Per- and a lot of girls. Yeah, oh, well, for sure. And I understand that there's a... <laughs> I'm not being close-minded or closed off. I understand there's a 1% of the ace community out there who aren't can happily not watch porn. By the way, God bless anybody who's demisexual. Boy, doesn't that make life so much easier. If you only get sexually attracted when there's deep emotional connection, wish I was like that. God, my life would be so simplified. <laughs> I have so much... Death- Judeo-Christian guilt over that, you know? I could save so much money on porn. Right at all. Well, if you're paying for porn, I, I... I know. Sucker. Yeah, agreed. What is it, 90s? And I have like three people I know personally who are on OnlyFans, and I have been a good boy, and I have not given any of them my money. <laughs> it's more curiosity than anything prairie, and it's like... Oh. <laughs> I've actually never been on OnlyFans, but I've had a lot no. of people also on my ads ask me if I have a page, and I was like, what's OnlyFans? <laughs> like, what? I don't... My porn days are from back... Move from further, from further back. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, there's such thing as women having an OnlyFans page, and when guys hit on them, now the younger women are saying, hey, look, drop 10 bucks in my tip pocket. See if you like what you see naked. You know, if you still want to have sex with me after you've already had virtual sex with me, it probably means you're not going to kick me to the curb. So go have at it and tell me if you still want to talk to me afterwards. I'm like, God, what a sad commentary. But that's a thing. The OnlyFans trial run so I can see you naked before I actually ask you out. And women are just like, just, you know, save me the dirty details. Just go do your thing and come back if you're still interested afterwards, all right? <laughs> that might be why I haven't been on OnlyFans yet. But as we said earlier, the night is young. Yes. <laughs> I think I made the point. I mean, yeah. men should love women. Women should love men. And I understand there's also people whose sexual orientation is different. That's fine, too, but And there's a lot to be said also because we started talking about masculine and femininity, right? And masculine and feminine doesn't necessarily translate to male and female. It doesn't. No, it doesn't. Right? The masculine impulse, as you said, it's like a a masculine Mm -hmm. side of a Mm -hmm. plug, right? Versus the feminine side of a plug. There's an impulse that is that active, that is that go-getter, that is maybe that protective, whereas the more passive, the deeper, the more mysterious, that tends to be the the yin and the yang. That's what masculine and femininity means, not... It's way beyond gender. It's actually... Well, I do think masculinity is inherently male and femininity is inherently female, but I do not dispute what you're saying. And I also offer no logical explanation of why it can be such as you say. I don't feel qualified to talk about it because I'm about as heterosexual as you can get. That doesn't mean I'm closed-minded and don't understand and respect someone else. It's just I don't understand it. But you are seeing, as you said, your clients... In your clients, that balance between finding their feminine selves, right, versus their overly masculine or vice versa, overly feminine, you're trying to bring up the masculine. Well, again, I don't believe that macho is the same as masculine. Yeah. There's a toxicity, right? Well, I don't even know if it's toxicity. I think it's more like the slag that's left over when you refined petroleum. You got your jet fuel and then you got things you tar the road with. I don't think women have ever been attracted by men burping and farting and drinking scotch and playing pool and doing six-gear wheelies on their GSXR 1000. But I also think no men have really ever been attracted by women going shoe shopping and giggling till they snort out their nose on, you know, hen night on Friday nights drinking apple teenies. And I don't think men particularly want to watch the Hallmark Channel at Christmas time either. But those are things <laughs> that come along with the women in our lives that we love. Hey, 
I think being heterosexual is the gayest thing ever. <laughs> what do men want with flowery, cute, little, friendly, sweet, soft women? It doesn't make any sense, but we love them, you know? And I think that's where the magic is. But I also think it's a sort of a shame that there's not a female femininity correlative to masculine or to macho in the English language. There's no matcha, you know. Matcha, unfortunately, hmm. is green tea in Japanese. It's not <laughs> the feminine version of matcha. But there's really no word to describe this stuff that chicks tend to do because they're female. That's how I would illuminate that. I don't think it's necessarily toxic to do manly stuff that isn't necessarily... I would call machismo the, the distortion. Well, you said macho as in to me, that renders to like overly masculine. So then, of course, we have the distorted, like assertiveness distorts into aggression, right? Well, yeah, but I mean, you can be hyper-masculine while still being virtuous. It's just a bit of a specialty for me. Guys will come to me and they're a little bit needy and clingy with women. Like they fear loss, they play Mr. Nice Guy and they soften up so the woman doesn't run away. And the women are ruthless at them for it. I see these guys like in skinny jeans and playing acoustic guitars at, at coffee houses, and they don't have these problems. With them. And it's because they're hyper-masculine. I mean, you're looking at a six-foot-two guy with Johnny Cash's voice and these piercing blue eyes and this buzz cut, and he, you know, drives a train for a living. And women are creeped out when those guys don't live up to the image. I mean, it's just more is expected to them. More is expected of them, you know. And... I have a lot of guys who come to me like that. And that's part of the puzzle they need to figure out. Like I talked about the diagnostics part of it at the beginning. They still understand why they're failing so miserably. And then you take them out in the field and you realize they turn into a bowl of mush and they're this huge guy I wouldn't want to meet in a dark alley. But, you know, they're just really masculine-looking guys. But I would draw the line at saying that the more masculine I get, the more toxic I get. I don't think that's no, true. No, that's not true. No. No. Mm -mm. Either form, I think, can be distorted either way. Oh, yeah. Sure. You can have over or under of either masculine. Toxic femininity is something that's not talked about at all. Mm -mm. Well, because femininity is no threat to the power struggle in society. Maybe not at the moment. <laughs> well, femininity... I feel like distortion can really go either way. Well, I mean, if you want to open up another whole can of worms. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I believe the reason why there's pressure on masculinity is because if you can get the family unit to not have someone who would protect it, like it's the nation of Ukraine under attack, then it's left without anybody to provide and protect. And who steps in in that instance? The government. So I wanted to say more, and I know we're on a time constraint, <laughs> so I don't time. want to go too far above, <laughs> but I also feel as though we could dive super, oh, yeah. super hard into what you just said. So tell me, so uh, there's a lot of guys in this podcast. Clearly, you have the expertise to help them with dating. Where can they find you? Mm-hmm. Just go to scottmckay.net and bear in mind, it's very important that my name is S-C-O-T, one T. People say to me back, especially during the early days of men's dating advice, when everybody had like a nickname or a handle, it's like, is that your real name? I said, well, look, if it wasn't, do you think I would have misspelled it on purpose? So it's C-O-T-M-C-K-A-Y.net, okay? And there you'll find a link to my podcast, which you are graciously a guest on. I'm so excited. And also, if you're more of a reader than a listener, download a copy of my first book, Deserve What You Want. We talked about that title already. It's yours free. And uh, if you want to talk to me for free for 25 minutes, shoot the breeze and see if I'm the right guy to work with you. If you resonate with this, let's do this thing, man. What you see is what you get. Killer. 
scottmckay.net. Killer. I love it. All right. I'm going to put that website in the show notes. That was super fun. Thank you yeah. for shooting this shit with me. You guys, I gave this guy no heads up. He was like, what do you want to talk about? I'm like, eh, let's just kind of see where we go. He's like, golden. I love it. <laughs> so I like that it's all over the place. I love that we dove into a lot of things. I feel like we could do a whole nother hour without breaking a sweat. Mm-mm. Super looking forward to being on your show. Yeah. And hope to have you back in the future, man. We're talking about shame and guilt on my show. And I think you're going to crush Ooh. it. Great topic. I may I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Yeah, do a thing. Do that thing. I'll do the thing cool. for you too. Love it. All right. Thanks so much for coming, man. I really appreciate it. Hey, it's my pleasure. This is truly good. And you're a great interviewer. Thank you. Much appreciated. Thank you for that. All right, guys, that concludes this episode of The Art of Attraction. Thank you so much for joining me and I will see you next time. Don't forget to like and subscribe and share with anybody that you think would get a lot out of this. Take care, guys. See you next time. Thank you for joining me for this episode of The Art of Attraction. This is Dominique Drew signing off and reminding you that if you love this podcast, please hit that subscribe button, rate us five stars, and most importantly, share this episode with someone you know needs to hear it. See you next time.